Hi everybody, it's Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak. And joining us this week, we have Callum Hughes, who's the CEO and founder of Allied Health, a uh, international cannabis company with a large operation down in Colombia that was one of the first to start exporting. Welcome aboard, Callum. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So Callum, um, you know, I was really interested to watch the press releases with regards to Allied starting to export in June of this year. Tell me a bit about uh, the process, because I know, you know, I built an operation down in Columbia before, and it's okay. not straightforward or easy, and it's taken <laughs> quite a while for everybody to get there. Tell us a bit about how you uh, got there. Yeah, thanks. It, you're right. It, it hasn't, <clears throat> hasn't been, been an easy process. Essentially, we've, uh, we founded Allied in 2018, and this was on the heels of 10 years of experience in managing quality assurance teams in seven hospitals in the province of British Columbia. Um, and then I was the administrative director for 140 bed hospital in a city called uh, Penticton, British Columbia. Uh, but throughout that 10 year, I, I created some software that enabled quality assurance audit <clears throat> with real time data for health professionals. And in around that time, this was 2011, 12, Canada was starting to mobilize towards national legalization and a lot of the uh, LP or licensed producer hopefuls were struggling with their quality uh, quality assurance section to their application and so that software yep. worked uh, for for the application purposes and so contracted with 48 companies across the country and uh, I sold that company in 2014 that enabled me to become a full-time entrepreneur and pursue pursue uh, additional endeavors where I got really deeply into the world of complex uh, chronic pain and manifestations of complex trauma uh, right. and started started working with a group of thoracic surgeons locally here in the Okanagan and uh, really started to utilize alternative medicines to get people off of opioids or self-medicating with alcohol yep. and uh, kind of bringing forth an integrated care management plan for these individuals. And that brought me through to working with a lot of RCMP or our national police yep. service, um, but also Canadian military veterans uh, who were utilizing cannabis for, for uh, uh, their care and recovery, suffering with post-traumatic stress. So, that brought me to 2016, where I dedicated my whole doctorate degree towards examining and testing a novel approach to care for post-trauma post survivors um, and alternative medicines to complex trauma. Uh, right. So we, that, that work in Canada um, brought us to Colombia to talk with their National Police Service about what we were doing for trauma care in Canada. And so they're, like you kind of led into the interview. There's been some uh, humorous stories that have come about over the years. I was carted into a blacked out SUV and brought into the belly of the Bogota airport. Right. And I was texting GPS locations to my brothers here in Canada, thinking I was a goner. But uh, <laughs> we, we, we sat down with, the, with the, uh, the, the head of national police and we talked to the group of doctors for about three hours about what we were doing for trauma care utilizing cannabis uh, and alternative medicines uh, for for military veterans and, and police fire ambulance first responders. I really realized at that point the, the global advantage that Colombia was position, getting positioned to offer the global cannabis environment. Um, and uh, given the current state, this is 2000 and, uh, 
uh, 18. Yep. When, when Canada Canada legalized, uh, you know, the 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 production cost of production, you know, in in Canada at and still is it is about a dollar fifty two per gram, and then the oh, one dollar yeah. per gram excise tax and and everything that goes along with it. Um, you know, when I look to other industries, <clears throat> I really realized the same thing was about to happen with cannabis, where yeah, I mean, cannabis production. We all joke about the fact that Starbucks doesn't grow coffee in Seattle, right? But the reality is Canada's a terrible market for growing cannabis under the framework that Health Canada forces on the producers. Thank you. Thank you. Right? But the U.S. is also not a great environment for growing um, from a cost basis perspective over, you know, in the long term. I did that analysis back in 2015 and 2016 on behalf of a bunch of companies. And that led me to South America and the production costs, you know, in some markets I've worked it out. There's a couple where you can get it down to about three cents. Columbia, I drove down to seven and I think you've done about the same. And that's really where the market's going to be from a production perspective. And, you know, that is, I think everybody intuitively knows it. A lot of the producers in North America just hope that the protectionist state will last long enough that they can keep profiting. But over time, you know, it's going to be elsewhere. Yeah, I love that statement. Starbucks doesn't grow their coffee in around the Seattle region. I, I, I've said that before. But also, you know, if if I was to say, hey, I'm thinking about starting an indoor exotic fruit and uh, uh, cut flower roses yeah. warehouse downtown New York, and I want to grow them indoors, you would think I'm nuts. So why are we why are we doing this with cannabis? Yep. The equatorial regions, and there's other regions in the world, Lesotho, there's uh, production starting to pop up in Morocco, but doing business in Lesotho or African nations poses additional supply chain risk and cultural sensitivities, I'll call it. Yep. Colombia is very, very economically developed, and I've been pleasantly surprised with doing business there. They ship 80% of North America's cut flowers every 72 hours. They do. And they also um, ship an enormous amount to Holland and the rest of Europe. And people yes, don't realize yeah. that so many of the tulips that they get from Holland are actually coming from Colombia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and, and many other agricultural industries. The, the one thing we are not is land constrained there, where you've got multi-generational agricultural families producing successful crops in multiple industries. Mm-hmm. And from a cannabis standpoint, so we we acquired the the asset down there in 2000 in July 2019, and uh, that included all the licenses. So to put it in some perspective, there were 1,500 licenses in the country of Colombia. Then you get your ability to go forth, you register your genetics, and then you're allowed to put the plants in the ground and produce 600 plants per genetic that you have registered. So then you then you start to become you know your your next risk is production risk can you can you grow in that environment so we have canadian <clears throat> production engineers 24/7 on the ground cycling cycling in from canada and, and back out um, to, to and from colombia sure so following that then you make a full day presentation ministries of justice health and agriculture with the quality of of what's in that plant material so we grow to the european pharmacopoeia standards which mm-hmm. is the highest set of quality metrics you can try and achieve and uh, we we were the first company to get 100 percent approval on 20 out of 20 of our strains to then go forth and actually commercially start to plant 
Um, following that, then you go and you do your first commercial harvest and then you apply for basically your ticket to sell. So we got that um, achieved. And then, then, you, then you have to go forth, establish a business relationship internationally, and then go through what I call the mental gymnastics of logistics of finding an airplane that will carry pallets and pallets of cannabis and and then the import side of the equation on the receiving country. So long story short, uh, up until April 1st, 2022, Colombia only allowed the export of distillate and isolate. Uh Um, The president announced April 1st, 2022, we're now allowed to export dried cannabis flour grown in Colombia. So we were- You did that first in June, right? Well, we submitted April 4th. Right. (laughs) We got the first approval in June. Yep. Um, and that was a 272 kilo shipment. Our Where'd second, it go to? Uh, that one went out to Switzerland. Okay. <clears throat> Our second shipment, uh, 200 kilos of CBD flour under 0.3% THC yep. went out to uh, the United States. Yep. Um, and then third shipment of 1,728 kilos also went to Switzerland. And then the, and then the fourth shipment, which is the largest recorded uh, cannabis dried flower cannabis export ever recorded in history was 3,425 kilos. This was literally a ski hill of yes. cannabis, uh, that 30, 36 pallets, uh, went out. And again, finding, finding transport and logistics and everything was vastly, un- people vastly underestimate that. So here logistics we are. Is a real challenge, right? Because ab- absolutely. We do have yeah. to take a short break, but let's come back oh, sure. a bit about the logistics uh, after Please. the break. We'll be yep. back with Callum Hughes from Allied Health in just a moment on The Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with Callum Hughes from Allied Health. And Callum, you know, you mentioned the last shipment was 3,425 kilos and logistics was a, a real challenge. And as the market continues to open up around the world, obviously the carriers are going to have to adjust, you know, but, uh, and also the markets are beginning to learn about it. One of the vagaries of the trade laws is that you can only do exports for medical products, but medical is defined by the receiving country, not the sending country. How, uh, how have you been adapting? Good, good point. Good question, actually. I've never gotten that one, but that, that plays exactly into our, uh, approach to quality assurance. Quality assurance does not happen by chance. It has no. to get built into a system. So since the, it, the the very day that the plant sprouts a root, we audit every single day. We build QA into every step of the process. So what this does is that that creates a, a, a robust and complete data set for when the plant gets harvested, <clears throat> where uh, you know, then the lab testing is kind of the, I call it the big, big dot data point that points to the quality of the plant. But if you don't have all of these flagstone steps leading up to that laboratory test, uh, testing to the European pharmacopoeia standards, right? Uh, you're not going to get the output that you're wanting. So absolutely. I think that's the, what a lot of people yeah. don't. And that's, that's interestingly enough, that's an issue which I encounter a lot more in uh, when I'm having discussions with producers in the U.S. than producers in many other markets, because the standards are different. But you know, in, in most markets, you're growing an agricultural product to a pharmaceutical standard. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., 
the market hasn't had to do that yet. Yes. Well, I mean, there are pockets. It depends what state you're there in. Are. So, yeah. you know, you've got the metric system in <clears throat> in Nevada where, mm-hmm. and, and this is for good reason. It's so that, you know, you're not getting gray market product that has arsenic and mercury and cadmium all throughout it because of the heavy metal metal growing conditions that it may have been produced in. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's for, for a very good reason. And this is for, for safety, for the sake of safety and the yeah. quality of the medicine um, leads up to the efficacy of how it responds in the human human body as well too. So, you know that that's that's the administrative and and process risk that yeah. we've been able to overcome. But then talk about supply chain risk. Where being equatorial in Colombia, <clears throat> year twelve and twelve light cycle, which that causes the cannabis plant to flower. Yep, uh, it's one season. All year long, we have a two-week rainy period, which we just got through. Um, it's 25 degrees every single day, and we're 60 to 80 percent humidity. So 25 being mid 70s, by the way, for everybody else. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So it's perfectly matching what the expert production engineers in North America are trying to create indoors. Yep. And things just grow better in Colombia. Exotic fruits, coffee, you name it. Um, so. When you talk about supply chain risk, if, you know, large scale producers in Canada or the U.S., if there's a fire, the California fires or a weather pattern in the <clears throat> mid belt region of the U.S., snowstorm, hail, etc., um, those producers are out a full year of production. I harvest every single Friday. So if I have a completely unexpected, absolute 100 percent crop failure, my supply chain is behind seven days. Yeah, it's so a, when, it's a tremendous advantage, right? I mean, and when you're talking multinational, yeah. you know, uh, brand uh, branded companies in international space that need large volumes, consistently delivered fresh product. I can have product delivered a full shipping container every single Friday to a multinational brand um, for them to sell under their label into their market. So it's, yeah, and, it's work, working out fantastically. And in time, that's huge. That was one of my premises is, you know, the with companies, the large companies get involved, they're going to demand a line of sight to production even two years out because they need to have that stability and that consistency, <clears throat> but also the control in place. Yes. And you need to have that mentality as you're planning it out and building your sales channel and building everything from every yes. aspect of it. And then so, when you're talking margins, Richard, yep. like I was talking with the large multinational company yesterday literally uh-huh. that everyone would know the name but i won't mention it uh they said their uh average cost of production was two dollars and 25 cents five uh-huh. years ago they're improving it um but it just doesn't make sense to produce at that cost because no. a, a lot of their higher quality he said uh product goes into the canadian market and then their seconds would get offered for international sales so <clears throat> um when I can produce at seven cents a gram, uh-huh. I can land it at fifteen cents a gram into an international market. That's right. Um, the profit margins, I can just insert those into these multinational companies' supply chain, and it's yeah. just, just I can deliver it for cheaper and better quality than what they can do on their own without the upfront capital expenditure, ongoing operational risk and maintenance and costing and everything that goes along with it and we're not the first uh we're not this this idea didn't come just as a uh a 
originating idea. We're copying other copying other agricultural industry, and it just makes absolutely. Sense. You know, there's yeah. no difference from that perspective from cannabis to any other. It's just an agricultural product. The difference is really the standard to which it has to be grown from a medical perspective. And yes. on that, you you know, you're spending a lot of time around research. I believe you mentioned early on about you know, the fact that you were looking at ways of helping people get off opioids and using alternative solutions, but you're yes. also doing a lot of R&D. Um, how much of the company's time and effort is invested in that? Yeah, good question. So there's there's three revenue verticals in the company and a fourth uh, cost center, which is uh, hosting healing retreats and really marching an authentic walk to help those individuals who have served, given up their lives to serve their country. So we talked about the cannabis production large scale in Colombia and all of the benefits that go along with that. The second two verticals are natural health products and then pharmaceutical research. So the natural health products, we have three brands currently for sale in the United States, all CBD based products um, under the brand Tactical Relief. This is a brand that's focused on CrossFit athletes and, and military veterans where we, we've sponsored um, the tactical games, which is a right. 12 event, uh, I, I call it kind of a military practice sports event okay. all across the U.S. where tactical relief is positioned and given out to individuals competing. And those those products are available for sale in the U.S. The second brand is Equilibrium Bio, which is a sports recovery brand. Yep. We've integrated sodium citrate or electrolyte recovery as well as vitamin B complexes into the CBD products, specifically tar targeted for post-athletic recovery in athletes. Um, the third brand is a topical beauty and anti-aging line. It's called Maxa. Okay. And, and that's a line of products, eye serums, topicals, collagen reformation, et cetera, um, specifically for female consumers right. offered in the United States. We signed a very large deal for the large, with the largest cancer hospital in Sao Paulo, Brazil, for a lot of the uh, uh, a very uh, highly concentrated um, CBD product under the Equilibrium Bio banner, uh, specifically for cancer patients in yep. the Sao Paulo region of Brazil. This hospital serves fifty thousand cancer patients uh -huh. and has a catchment of twenty million people. So that order went out. We got the Invisa approval, and we're just starting to get onto onto a monthly cyclical uh, order uh, recurrence. Um, so those are the natural health products, and then the last uh, vertical is the pharmaceutical research, which is what you were asking about. So, over anecdotal evidence of specifically uh, bred genetics and formulations, we've got under provisional patent two cannabis products. And a third, most recent psilocybin-based uh, product that are targeted for post-traumatic stress and something called refractory depression, which is hard right. to treat depression. So, yes, we've 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 had folks uh, utilize these products and formulations uh, and have really come back to feeling like contributing members of society. The alcohol, opioid addictions, everything has has. Uh, released from their life and uh it's been phenomenal to see the improvement in these individuals uh situation where you know it's not only that individual there's the family the community the church the employment situation that's all impacted by the social isolation and and kind of it the is. downward spiral of of yep. these soldiers who have uh you know experienced um 
experienced some tough things in, in they have and it's a, it's service. a very helpful tool in the treatment of it as is of course you know there's a lot of studies uh, most notably the ACE study down the states uh, and by the CDC and Kaiser that really point to a lot of the root issues and any way we can get to the root issues but also help people through the path is tremendous. Um, Callum we do have to take one more short break sure but we'll be back again in a moment in the Green Peak with Callum Hughes just a minute. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on the Green Peak with Callum Hughes from Allied Health. And Callum, you know, looking at the future, um, you're working internationally, you're growing, you're shipping, which is, you know, one of the first firms to actually be shipping out of Columbia. What's next? Well, I'm very excited to bring to market our psychoactive flower, which is our THC flower. The, uh, the You were original. supposed to have your first harvest last month, correct? Well, we harvested on Monday, our last Monday. Okay. Um, and the lab results just came out. The testing is phenomenal. We're north of 30% THC. Right. And we found some novel cannabinoids <clears throat> that have been expressed in the Colombian environment. CBG is a... A, uh, a cannabinoid that you don't normally see in, in genetics. And there are uh, a lot of patients that do specifically seek that cannabinoid yep. in their profile. Uh-huh. Um, but in any case, we've here, here's the future of allied. Essentially we have this first harvest. We'll be going to market um, to sell off that 700 kilos. The, the profit margins really get very advantaged when you're working in the THC market. So we've got we've got multiple markets interested in this flower, those being Australia. We've got the largest importer of OTC uh, pharmaceutical products that is our partner there. They distribute to 4,300 pharmacies in Australia. Jumping, jumping across the globe, we've got Thailand, Cambodia, Japan, Germany, Portugal, France, Spain, and then uh, we've also got a client in Peru and Brazil who are all interested in our THC flower. So sure. we've harvested this first harvest. Then the pipeline starts to come come up after that harvest. So three weeks, so two weeks from now, there'll be another 6,000 plants will be harvested, all THC flower. That'll yield about 1,000 kilos of dried, high, high quality premium flower offered to the market. Then three weeks thereafter, we have another 6,000 plants. Uh-huh. Uh, that'll give us another 1,000 kilos. Then every two weeks thereafter, where we've staggered our our plant cycles. Uh-huh. So every two weeks after these first three harvests, we'll be bringing forth 2,000 kilos of THC flower. So 4,000 kilos monthly. Right. And the demand is huge internationally on the markets. I know I have people phoning me often about looking for supply and asking questions. And, you know, yes. there's there's nothing but challenges on that side. Whereas, you know, on the CBD side, there's been a bit of a glut in some areas, but there's always demand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the CBD flower, it's been great because it's proven our supply routes and with, with a higher or sorry, a lower value product. So decreasing the risk. As it it it, there, it wasn't perfect, but we got it done. The only, we were the first company, and we're the largest to have executed on this Colombian story. We've got it done. So now, now we're flipping to THC flower, uh-huh. which then uh, poses a, a massive inflection of our revenue profile. So we've we've finally arrived, and I'm excited to to continue to just 
quietly execute and yep. do do what we said we were going to do consistently. And right. and that's that's the key to our success is is we've really been uh, mindful and, and great financial stewards, uh, directing the funds appropriately, and then, and really just proving through execution in, instead of building out massive capital intensive buildings. Um, proposing valuations based on physical footprint or anything like this. We've just uh, proven by execution is the best way to, to describe Allied Corp. Yeah. Well, the challenge for the earlier firms was you couldn't prove based on shipping or anything else because it wasn't there. It was based yes. on what you could become as opposed yeah. to where you were. And, you know, that market adjustment, unfortunately, sometimes <clears throat> things got a bit out of hand in the market as a whole, but it's much <laughs> nicer for companies to be able to, do everything based on reality and not futures today yes agreed and agreed. it's much easier on the entrepreneurs also because you're working with solid ground whereas yes. prior to that you know everybody would change their mind about the metrics constantly it was horrible yes yes so, so allies traded publicly yeah thank you we we're on the otcqb um under the ticker alid and um, just keep an eye out for our future press releases where we're always loving to update the market and um, and continuing to just do what we do. Uh, and that's execute. So, yeah. And, you know, execution's key, right? Everybody gets judged on that in the, at the very end. Absolutely. And that's, you know, fundamentally sound businesses. That's what they're built on. Um, yeah. and, and that's what we're focused on. So absolutely. And, uh, you know, you've done a you've done a great work there building out what you've done and uh i like the perspective and the global view because quite you know quite honestly it mirrors a lot of mine and uh it's nice to see somebody executing on it and getting through the the hurdles and the challenges yeah thank you thank you so, so callum thanks for joining us today on the green peak and um look forward to having you on again at some point in the near term and mm -hmm. uh i'd like to thank everybody for listening and we'll be back again next week i'm richard zwicky and look forward to it The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.